You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. by the Saints for a touchdown! Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60! To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome in, Saints fans. We are Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller, Jeff Nowak. Back from a day of training camp. We actually have a day off tomorrow. And I know you are just as excited about that as I am. Yes, I'm I'm tired. (laughs) It's just a long... Training camp is so much more grueling than the season from a coverage perspective. And I know people don't really care. And and we don't need to complain about about watching football all day. But I am tired. So if I fall asleep in the middle of this podcast, just live with it. But... It will not be the most engaging version of this show. But yes, so we're going to get into the the latest from Saints camp. We have some visits from some veterans. We have some injuries that we can kind of dive into. Going to get ready for the start of the preseason, which is now less than a week away. The Saints are going to host the Chiefs on Sunday. We haven't yet gotten to talk about Alvin Kamara's suspension on the pod. So we're going to dive into that, dive into kind of some expectations of you know, I, I think that there's a very specific route that the Saints need to make sure they take care of business on. So let's get into that. Talk about John Trey Kirkland. We'll also talk about some some position battles. We have an exclusive interview with Smoke Monday that uh, I'm going to play for y'all. And then we're going to talk about Jordan Howden, how that's all stacking up behind Marcus May, Aaron Matthew. And then we're going to close out with by updating some of the position battles that we previewed going in. We're now entering the third week. So we're starting to get a decent picture prior to any preseason games, right? Like, so we're going to get a lot of answers there, but right now we can just kind of set up what we're seeing with like the defensive ends, the the cornerbacks, the specialists, all of that. But first things first, we had a, another season ending injury over the weekend. You know, Benjamin went down non-contact injury. You know, we were, he was standing about 15 feet away from us. It looked like he was shot by a sniper, Went down, ruptured Achilles. He's done for the year. He's on IR. The Saints went and signed John Trey Kirkland, former LSU wide receiver. And I had some people ask me, like, well, why did they do that? Is it because they're worried about wide receiver injuries? I'm like, no, he is very much going to be a special teams guy. But it is also just very cool. You know, he's a guy from Lutcher, who's the same high school as Jarvis Landry. He said that he spent his whole first day, like, in tears because he was so happy to be with the Saints 
spent last year on the Houston Roughnecks. And, you know, I don't know if he's going to make the roster. All I know is he's highly motivated, right? (laughs) And if anyone's out there just phoning it in, he's going to make them look bad because he wants to be here and he wants to stick around. Uh, And so, yeah, I think you're going to see him really kind of be incorporated into some special teams drills. It's a good time to be a depth wide receiver on this roster because there's two wide receivers who haven't been out there in Traquan Smith and Rashid Shahid dealing with groin injuries. So I'm mean, it's, it's cool. Anytime they bring in an LSU guy, I get excited just because it's fun, you know, and, and they never used to do that. And now they do. And I'm OK with it. And I know you've we've talked a little bit about it. You're not really worried about injuries right now, but there are some pretty significant names that are on the list, like a Rashid Shahid and Demario Davis. And I guess Andrews Pete, but like we talked about before, too, you kind of expect him to be on that list. <laughs> See, I'm, it's, it's not that I'm not worried about injuries. It's that I am not going to overreact to injuries, at least the volume of them, at this point in the season. I went and looked this up yesterday just because I was curious. The Saints have three season-ending injuries already. It's a lot, but it's not out of track with the rest of the NFL. There were 17 teams in the NFL that have already put multiple players on injured reserve. The Saints have put on three. I think there was five other teams that had three. The Falcons actually lead that list with five. And I think the Browns and the Giants each had four. That, that was as of yesterday. I don't know. It could have been, it could have increased as of today. But the Saints are not alone in the in this injury thing. It's it happens every year. Your goal at this point isn't to avoid injuries at all costs, because they're gonna happen. You're playing football. The goal is to avoid allowing minor injuries to become major injuries. And we saw Eno Benjamin miss all of OTAs. All of minicamp, we don't know why, but I don't think it's a coincidence that he was dealing with something all offseason and then suddenly his Achilles just explodes on him, right? Like, that's something that can happen. So you're just trying to make sure stuff like that, season-altering stuff doesn't happen. And so the the injuries that you're concerned about right now, and yes, Traquan and Rashid both missed a day of practice. I think when you're looking at this, they have a day off on Tuesday. And so if guys are not back on the other end of that day off, then I think you start to be like, man, even with a day off, they weren't able to kind of get back on the field. So guys like Demario Davis has missed a couple practices with a calf injury. Traquan Smith and Rashid Shahid left early on Sunday. They were not out there on Monday. Um, there were a few guys who just keep getting days off. Jimmy Graham got another veteran day off. JT Gray got a veteran day off today. It was also Marshawn Lattimore's first rest day. He's earned uh, that rest for sure. He's had a great camp. Yes. Yeah. No one's worried about that. Coda Martin dealing with an ankle injury. He was not out there. And uh, Lucas Krull, who went down hard yeah, we saw that one. on Sunday, is dealing with a tailbone injury. And anyone who ha- who's had a tailbone injury, you basically just feel like you can't move. You know, it just like, kind of freezes your entire lower back area. Anyway, so like and, and like I said, I'm not necessarily downplaying the injury part of it. I'm just saying at this point in camp, it would be foolish especially with a veteran player like DeMario Davis to say, oh, your calf isn't 100%. We're going to send you out there anyway. Figure it out. Gut through it. No, you're not going to do that. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? So like in in that sense, I just think you got to pump the brakes and understand that this is a long season. It's a long training camp process. There's plenty of time. But I think what you see here is the Saints are bringing in players to potentially um, you know, help with that depth. And uh, we teased this a little bit. The Saints are bringing running back Kareem Hunt and linebacker Anthony Barr for workouts. 
And, you know, especially the Anthony Barr one, you start to wonder, okay, do they expect to be without DeMario Davis for, for an extended period of time? I think John Trey Kirkland is a guy you brought in to help mitigate the loss of Andrew Dowell on special teams. Agreed. I don't think that Anthony Barr is here to because you lost Andrew Dowell. So I think if they end up signing him and we don't and you don't see Demario Davis on Wednesday, you have to start to wonder if that injury is is something more significant. Yeah, when you see the the groin and the calf injuries, those are a little you know more concerning because they can be lingering. Luckily, uh, Brian Brzee also had a calf issue, but that didn't hold him out of practice. You know, Brzee. What did I say, Brzee? Brzee. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. We'll get there. <laughs> no, we it's like time. we got to get like a a fine jar definitely for that one. <laughs> yeah, no, there there are a good number of injuries that have come and gone. Like Brzee's back out there. We've seen a few guys have some minor injuries and get back out there. Throckmorton right. has gotten back out after. I'm just I've just decided to start calling him Throckmorton because I it feels like it's his first and last name is Throckmorton. He had an elbow injury. He's back. So we're gonna keep going. Trevor Penning has gotten a couple rest days. Um, and uh, and he dealt with a minor foot issue, but he was out there today. So, you know, you take the good with the bad. It's it's not something I'm super concerned with. The the Kareem Hunt workout is interesting to me because it must to me it indicates that Kareem Hunt doesn't really have a market because if you're Kareem Hunt and you're thinking like I I can still contribute and be a big factor for an NFL team right you would be going to a team where even without Alvin and we haven't talked about this yet but obviously Alvin suspended for three games so he'd have a probably a significant role for three games. But even then, you're talking about like, isn't he? Is he backing up Jamal Williams? Like, they're not going to sign him off the street and say you're the RB two now. So you would be signing to be a backup to the backup. Yeah. And then you're competing with a with a rookie who I think has looked really good in Kendra Miller. And it's like, why would Kareem do that unless he has no market? Which maybe he does. Maybe they'll be able to bring him in at the at a minimum contract and get a quality veteran in the room, but. I don't know what they're going to guarantee him uh, in terms of a role that would be any, like if he didn't like it in Cleveland where he was a like the premium backup to to Nick Chubb. I mean, you were, this is a, this is way far beyond that, right? Like once Kamara and Williams are back, I don't know if you'd be able to get him on the field. So that's a strange one to me because you know, you're, if you're trying to replace Eno Benjamin, right. He wasn't probably gonna make the roster. So I don't know. It's a, uh, it's a weird one. We'll have to see how that plays out. No, like you mentioned, John Trey Kirkland, he's not replacing an, uh, Andrew Dowell on, you know, kind of thing. But the signing you would think of Hunt, if they that that happens, would correlate obviously with losing someone like Eno Benjamin. And yeah, why is there no market for Hunt and the fact that he'd be willing to be RB four on the Saints right now? Yeah, it, it it's it reminds you of the Adrian Peterson signing if they ended up making it, right? The last time the Saints drafted a running back in the third yeah. round and everyone was super excited about Adrian Peterson, right? Yeah. And then you saw Alvin in the preseason and you saw him in week one against the Vikings and you're like, oh, yeah, I don't think Adrian's the guy. And he was gone by like week three. I think they ended up trading him actually. I think they, they traded did. him to the Cardinals for like Correct. nothing. He got great, um, great memory. Yeah, I don't know what they traded him for. Maybe like a late pick. Uh, right, but oh, totally. Either way, like he was out of town very quickly because you didn't need him. And I, I don't know, it feels like you're kind of doing the same thing if you bring in Kareem. But I mean, I wouldn't complain about it. Depth is great, you know, and, and you would have... I already think the Saints have one of the better running back rooms in the in the league. 
but from top to bottom, you know, and uh, that would only increase that. So, you know, if, he, if he's willing to take a small role to just be part of that room, then great. But if he's going to be a malcontent and complain about not getting his opportunities, then that becomes a tough equation for me. I had to look just to, you know, check out his age. He hasn't hit that dreaded 29-year-old no, he's mark yet. Yeah, he's 28. He turned August 6th. He just turned 28. He just turned 28. Yeah, right, okay. exactly. Yeah, and, and I mean, he's been very productive. He's a good pass-catching running back. He ran for 1,300 yards as a rookie. He hasn't really gotten an opportunity since then to be that guy, right? Like, he's he hasn't really been in a situation where he's just able to get 20, 25 carries or 20, 25 touches. Like when Nick Chubb has been healthy, Nick Chubb has been hurt at points and he has gotten a longer run for the Browns and he's played well. And all this kind of comes back to Alvin Kamara is suspended for three games. It's going to be the home opener against the Titans. Then the Monday night football matchup in Carolina against the Panthers. And then week three at the Packers, up in Green Bay, his first game back will be week four when the Saints host the Bucks. And, you know, I've been, I've been kind of looking at this and, and trying to figure out, okay, what's a reasonable expectation? What does the, do the Saints have to do to come out of this, get it, and enter week four feeling like, okay, we have survived the three-game absence of Alvin Kamara? And what, what, would, you, what would you want to see uh, out of that three-game stretch? Even with or without Alvin, to me, two and one would be ideal, obviously. Um, I just think what's really weird is the toughest matchup and scariest one is your home game against Tennessee, just because I think they have more uh, talent around, uh, you know, on offense and defense all around kind of thing. But the other two are on the road, and you never discount that. Uh, definitely at Green Bay. Luckily, it's not late in the season, but uh, th- that's a, a tough venue. And, man, Carolina, I always call them the pesky Panthers. They always are a problem for this team. And it's a division opponent. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The way, the way I look at it is I, I would honestly, you know, obviously you want to be three and oh, right. You, you'd also love to be two and one and be able to say, yeah, we're, we, we're, we're afloat without Alvin and we made it to me. The bare minimum that, that I have to see is I think they, they really need to go up to Carolina and win that game week two. If you're playing Andy Dalton, you're playing primetime Andy. And we all know that Andy Dalton cannot win a primetime game to save his life i mean i think he's lost something like 17 in a row so (laughs) you feel good about that or you were getting bryce young in his first or second career start and you cannot lose to that guy right the second matchup if if bryce ends up starting week one by the time you get to the second matchup sure you know i'm i'm not discounting the idea of like a rookie being up to speed by that point in week two you should be able to fool a rookie Right, you should be able to stick it to a rookie, and uh, so to me, if you come out of that three-game stretch at one and two, 
but you are one and one in the NFC and you are one and zero in the NFC South. To me, that's fine. I really and if and if you go come out of that at two and one, and you're two and zero in the NFC and one and zero in the NFC South, then that's fantastic. I honestly don't care about the season opener so much. Obviously, you want to win it, but it's an AFC opponent. Uh, I mean, like if, if you lose that game, I, I know everyone's gonna freak out. But oh, yeah. I'm not losing sleep over it because you know you're gonna lose games, and if that's the one you lose, you know that that's the best case scenario in terms of if you went two and one, the the games you would want to win are Packers and Panthers. And also keep in mind, we talk about Bryce Young in his first second career start or first career start. You're also getting Jordan Love in what his third career start. Like you should be able to take advantage of that too. So the Saints have favorable quarterback matchups in two of those three games. And even without Alvin, I'd like to see them run the ball effectively and 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 win those games. So that's kind of where I look at. I, I don't think that, you know, you, you're going to be in that bad of shape. Um, you just can't go 0-3. A, a wild, I don't know about wild, but a stat, uh, when Alvin Kamara is out, he's missed 10 regular season games. The Saints have gone 3-7 and seven in those games. So the, not the greatest track record of the team dealing without Alvin. No, but I mean, he's also averaged three games missed each of the last two seasons. I think it was four in 2021 and two last year. So it kind of evens out. But so, I mean, that's 14 games. If you have him for 14 games, that's a reasonable number. Like that's what you would probably expect going into a year. How many games can you actually expect out of a running back? 14 is a winning number. (laughs) You know, it means you didn't have any super significant injuries. Um, And, you know, you look at it and you're like, okay, week four, through week 10 you should get full speed alvin then you have a week off you get seven games and a bye and then seven more games and so cons- considering too what we all thought we were the team would be facing that yeah we all, we all, all right. thought six games was coming and then we got half of that to deal with and i think everybody from fans to the team to alvin is really pretty happy and there's not going to be appeal on that at all for sure no no no, no, no. <laughs> it's it's happening um, right exactly and- you know, we, we talked to Alvin. He's very contrite. You know, he's very apologetic. We don't need to get into too much of it because it was last Friday, which feels like a lifetime ago at this point. But yeah, and but one thing I did ask Alvin, and one thing that has stood out to me, and we can get into this before we go to break, is Alvin the last two years, to me, has been very de-emphasized in the passing game. He has caught a decent number of passes, but he's not. He, it hasn't been the downfield pass. You haven't seen him break out on wheel routes. You haven't seen him stress the defense up the seam and that's a problem he hasn't gone over 500 passing receiving yards either of the last two seasons he averaged something like 700 yards in his first four seasons the first three he had exactly 81 catches all three times which that's is wild right wild in itself because i don't think they were trying i think it just happened <laughs> which is crazy maybe i bet the third time they were trying they were just like yeah okay let's get you that but, one more so you have 81 again yeah, I mean, what, what, like the second time they were like, "Wow, that's crazy! I can't believe that happened." <laughs> the third time, it's like you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're trying. Oh. But you know, so we've seen him break out on a few wheel routes. You know, <laughs> at the expense of Zach Bond, I keep making a joke every time because if Derek Carr sees Zach Bond in coverage on a running back or a fast guy, he's going at him <laughs> every single time. And you know what? I expect other teams to do the same thing. But we've seen Alvin match up with him on wheel routes and just. You know, they've looked good. And so I asked Alvin uh, about that, and this is what he said. I saw you connect with Derek on a deep wheel route today. I think we've seen that at least a few times this offseason. Mm-hmm. The downfield passing game with you 
seems like it might have been de-emphasized a little bit the last yeah. season. Is that something you expect to get back to? Yeah, that's what, and I think Derek wants to more than anything. I mean, obviously, I know what um, what can happen when when we got that going. So, I mean, I'm I'm like I'm like just happy, 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 like jumping for joy. You know, when we can kind of when I see those play calls in, or when we when we get things like that going and. You know, Derek is excited. Also, you know, I think the offense is excited from JT to to RC to um, to Pete. You know, all these guys, and then you know, DA stand back there and he just give his little nod of approval and we keep it moving. So JT, running backs coach Joel Thomas, RC, quarterbacks coach Ronald Curry, and then Pete is obviously offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael. <laughs> In case you you didn't keep up with all the initials, but no, I mean, like I think. That's you know, in a lot of instances, you'll ask a guy a question, and you'll get kind of the 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 uh, cliche back to you. Yeah, we're gonna do whatever works, and we're gonna do whatever it takes to win. He's pretty honest right there. He's just like, yeah, we're gonna do that this year, and I'm excited about it because he also wants to be involved in the passing game. And I think with a guy like Jamal Williams, who can take a lot of the load, I think part of the reason you didn't involve Alvin so much is because last year you didn't really. I mean, Mark was there. Uh, but he wasn't a guy you could lean on. And so you needed Alvin in those kind of grinding situations. And obviously you did have Taysom as well. But this year, I think knowing that you have Jamal who can take some of that burden, that you can use Alvin and and keep his pitch count at a reasonable number while also including him in the passing game. And you also have a quarterback who wants to take advantage of it. So, which is interesting too, because Josh Jacobs was never a receiving back. So I think we'll we'll see that again in the Saints offense and I'm excited about it. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, Alvin Kamara was, you know, that multi-dimensional back that you know, like you said the receiving yardage wasn't there the past two seasons. I wonder how coincidental that is when you don't have a guy like Drew Brees around. We'll see if the the Saints can get back to that now with with Derek Carr at the helm uh because it just wasn't working before that. I, I thought last year, too, obviously, the issues with the offensive line, which, shoot, we, we could say that going into this year, too, as well. But uh, re- really excited just for everything around Alvin and his offense this year because of that case now being behind them, too. We talked about, you know, the, a weight being off you. I understand that totally. And, uh, yeah, he's looking for a little retribution, which is good because – we we keep talking about folks on this team with a chip on their shoulder, and I think Alvin's one of those guys too. Yeah, I think if you asked him last year that that he would have said no, it was not fa- a factor, and Absolutely DA right. would have probably been like, oh, let's, whatever he said. But now that it's over, you're getting honest answers, and yes, it did affect him. I mean, I don't know. Again, I've said this before. I don't know if it affected him on the field in his play. I think he was playing well, but you know, I think in every aspect of your life, something like that can 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 hit you and, and affect you. You know, it's weird because I thought when they went from Jameis to Andy, we would see more Camara. We would see more receiving Camara. But you really didn't. Andy didn't take advantage of him in the passing game either. And I think that was one of his biggest flaws. No screens, no no just checkdowns. I mean, he caught 57 passes. I don't remember them. You know, like I think a lot of them were just dump offs that were not well designed. You know, he had a he had one long catch against the Raiders and that touchdown uh, he had a couple touchdowns in that game, but yeah. So that's that to me. That there's a lot of ways this offense can get better. And one of the things we didn't talk about was the two minute drill today. Derek Carr looks fantastic. He went six for six, got him down the field, set up a field goal. It was a pr- it was a end of first half scenario. So it wasn't like a 
okay, this is a game-winning field goal. Okay, we have to get into the end zone. But he just marched him down the field. He got him a chip shot field goal, going to have three points free. And, you know, it was one of those moments where you're like, okay, what what can what can Derek do that, that I think Jameis is not as adept at? And you saw Jameis struggle mightily in that drill. And he made a couple throws, and I was just like, why? That's You were at like the 32-yard line. You're in field goal range, but you just want to – at worst, you want to make sure that you are giving your kicker the easiest kick possible. And he went deep to Kiki Kuti and it missed. He went deep down the right sideline and it missed. And then he just threw it away, gave Blake Groupie a 45-yard kick, and, and he, missed he missed it. And I was going to say, and then the kicker and, missed. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that, you know, if put that in a real game scenario. And suddenly you just lost three points on because you didn't execute that correctly. And so I think that's a, you know, he's Derek Carr has had a couple rough days of practice as he kind of works his way into this offense. But I think utilizing Kamara, utilizing Juwan Johnson, moving the ball effectively, getting in and out of the huddle. And those are the things that you see with Derek very like that are clearly I don't even want to say an upgrade. He's just good at it. Like you can see that he that that is something he is. He is strong within. It's not a coincidence that he has all these fourth quarter comebacks because those are the moments that I think he steps up in. And so, you know, I, I think there's a lot to be excited about with this offense this year. And even though I won't see it until week four, I think Alvin's a big part of that. Yeah. And from what Dennis Allen said today after practice, the fact that we're, we're going to see Carr Sunday against the Chiefs, which to me makes total sense. You, we, we need to just get our, our starters there out in this limited preseason nowadays, although they do have, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit too, uh, besides the three preseason games, not one, but two joint practice sessions, which I love seeing that. Unfortunately, won't be out uh, out West. You'll, you'll be going out there to watch the ones against the Chargers, but definitely looking forward to the ones against the Houston uh, Texans here, just because of the amount of work you're able to get in. And yeah, it's not the same old reps against the same guys. You see the competition really step up. Yeah, and and I think you, there's a chance you see the starters in week one. You don't see them week two or three because right. of that, because you have the those joint reps. Um, but yeah, Da did say that he wants to get the starters in there, and I, I agree. I think you should try to get the starters in there. I think as far as Carr is concerned, as long as you have a healthy, as long as you have your starting offensive lineman available to protect him, he can go in there. If you do not, then he cannot. That well, is that, is that that might be a trick question because is you have Andrews as a starting James is the starter. Yeah, okay. no, James Kirk is the starter, and they're, say, they're, yeah. I'm perfectly fine putting him out there. But if you don't have Ryan, right, if you're not ready to get Ryan Ramchek in the game, if you're not ready to get Cesar Ruiz in the game, then no. You're not putting him out there and saying, okay, good luck, Storm. Right. Yeah. yeah. But all right, we're, we're going to get into some more for players that we are expecting to see kind of compete in that first preseason game. We're going to talk about the safeties and not even the starting safeties. We kind of know what to expect with them, but who are the guys behind them? Who are some of these depth guys? So we're going to dive into that and talk about Smoke Monday. Jordan Howden gets some exclusive audio at you. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Follow us on Twitter. I'm still calling it Twitter. I don't care. At Saints underscore pod. That's the show. You can follow me at Jeff underscore Nowak. Him at Steve Geller, WWO, and the latest Saints content at WWL.com and 870 FM 105.3 and always free on the Odyssey app. Stick around.